Hello, and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. Today's topic is mentors and sponsors, how they support your career, and where to find them. Host Emily Ananuevo is joined by Najma Pilgrim, Director, Human Resources, and Connor Stoker, former three-term Fidelity co-op student, now hired full-time as an institutional service analyst. Najma and Connor will discuss how mentors and sponsors can positively affect your career and the key differences between a mentorship and a sponsorship. They will also touch on how to find and nurture professional relationships within your network and how to nurture these relationships in a remote working environment. To get us started, here is host Emily Ananuevo. But first... The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Joining the conversation today is Najma Pilgrim, Director, Human Resources, and Connor Stoker, Institutional Analyst at Fidelity, who went through the mentorship program. Welcome to you both. So happy you can join me today. Thanks, Emily, for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you. Najma, if I could begin with you, if you could just break down the basics and give us the key similarities and differences between a mentor and a sponsor. Sure. As most people know, mentors guide and give advice based on their knowledge and experience. However, sponsors have power and influence and will advocate on your behalf. They will champion you and help increase your visibility by making introductions and connections within their network. You know, when you think about what they both have in common, both can be formal or informal relationships. Both can help you gain new contacts. Both can help you move your career to the next level. However, sponsorship is earned and it comes through over time and through trust rather than just being assigned. Does that help? Yeah, definitely it does help. I mean, they both kind of behave in the same way, but like you said, the sponsorship is is more, it's not assigned to you and you have to gain their trust. And I really am so happy about diving into this topic because I know when I was a student many years ago, I didn't know how to begin to even look for a mentor or a sponsor. So I'm so happy that we're bringing this topic to the students. Nashima, if I can just stick with you, if we can dive, dive right into, and if you can explain the mentorship program here at Fidelity and its purpose. Sure. The mentorship program was created as a result of employee engagement feedback, probably about seven years ago. Ooh. The feedback we received at the time Whereas employees were looking for a formal program, but they wanted flexibility on, on how they wanted to use it and when they wanted to use it with the mentor and the protege. The objective of the Fidelity Canada mentoring program is to connect employees seeking professional development through guidance, greater knowledge, and advice with mentors who are qualified to support them. And we provide mentors for employees and for our co-op students, our returning co-op students, I should say. Excellent. I've been around for seven years. That's just fantastic. Uh, if I can just switch over to Connor now, because Connor, I-, I love how you're on the show because, you know, you are going to 
bring your story and personal experience of having not just one, but two mentors. So let's start at the beginning. I know you had, uh, I believe, three call placements with us. So what sparked your interest in joining Fidelity and joining the financial services industry in general? Sure, thanks. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, a, it was a start that I think, it started with an interest that I think a lot of people in, in college and university are, are sharing now. And, and for me, it was after second year, I really got into personal finance and investing. Um, so the natural next step was the next summer when I had a, you know, an opportunity for a co-op position. Fidelity had, you know, they had posted roles uh, on my university's websites. Uh, I applied to one, uh, you know, I, I was reading, you know, investing books and, and things like that. So uh, I found the interview went very well um, and, and really just went from there. I got the got the first position and kind of haven't looked back since. That's excellent. And if I could just go back to Najma for a few moments before uh, you talk about who your mentors were, Connor. Najma, can you just explain how the protege is paired up with the mentor? And I know you said it's available to the returning um, students. So how is that pairing handled? So we have a portal that students can apply to. And really, they just tell us you know, where they're working and what, what, um, what role they're in. And then we assign them to a mentor within the organization because most students are looking for a better understanding of fidelity, um, a better understanding of our culture, and they want to understand what, what are some next steps. And so the people who typically volunteer to be mentors for students love questions and they have the time to spend with their protégés and they dedicate whatever they need to move their relationship forward. Excellent. Okay, sounds simple enough to, to apply for that and get started. Now, Connor, explain who your uh, two mentors were because I know they were quite different. Let's start with the first one. Yeah, definitely. So like you said, they were quite different, but we will start with the first one. Uh, so the first one that I got was uh, very interesting to me. So he was actually a student uh, a couple years prior. He went to the same university as me, uh, and I, he was only one or two years older. So, you know, for me, it was it was quite a shock at first, because when when you're a young person, you think as a think of a mentor, you think of somebody who maybe, you know, they've been there, done that. They're quite right. older. Um, but that was a really interesting th thing that I learned through the mentorship program was how important it is to learn from people who are all sorts of different ages. Um, and I think the reason for that is that, you know, as you know, as an ambitious person, which I think a lot of people who are watching this, you know, likely are, I think essentially what you're trying to do is, is you're kind of trying to see around corners when you're when you're trying to plan out your career or your life or, or really just getting good at anything. Um, so, you know, the natural first conclusion is, you know, you want to get somebody who's like five steps or five corners ahead of you. But honestly, what helps just as much as getting that person that's just, you know, one step or one corner ahead of you to try and navigate, you know, what do I need to do next? What should I be focusing on, not focusing on, uh, you know, in the immediate future? So that was a really unique relationship. Uh, and I found it to be uh, you know, a really natural and organic one because we were so, so close in age. Um, but the second one uh, was more of a traditional mentorship, uh, you know, as far as it was a senior manager at Fidelity. 
on a more analytical team. Um, it was more driven through, you know, we got lunches and meetings and that sort of thing. Uh, and that one was very like, you know, long-term career oriented. So uh, yeah, I mean, they were very different, but I, I think both are equally important, uh, especially if you can have, you know, kind of relationships like that managed at the same time, you know, have both in your life. I, I think it was really great. Well, you sound very lucky that you kind of had the, the best of both worlds in a sense where you can kind of pick their brains of somebody, like you said, who was just a few years uh, older than you. And then and then the other mentor that's been around for a while that was more of a traditional relationship. I'm curious, Connor, did you what were your sort of expectations before entering the program? And were you surprised about anything you learned along the way? Yeah, I mean, well, my expectations were, you know, kind of like what I was saying before. I, the first surprise really was getting somebody so close to my age. It honestly really didn't occur to me. Um, but that was that was a really great benefit of going through the formal mentorship program at Fidelity was, you know, it was kind of this outside of the box thing for me, honestly. And it, and it really opened my eyes to this, this whole keep people close to your age around you. Um but really, the other thing, too, uh, one of my big takeaways was, you know, everybody kind of walks in different paths and maybe not everybody's goals are exactly the same. Um, but there's a lot of people who have, you know, kind of wanted the same things you might want or, you know, have have been on a similar sort of career path and maybe have shared a struggle with you. Um, and when you're going through something like maybe starting a new job, like you really don't know what you don't know. Um, so that was, that was the big thing was, you know, for me, it, it's, it's something for somebody who is already a few steps ahead of you, something that's really simple and obvious for them could be like a complete paradigm shift for you. Uh, and, and there's, you know, there's lots of people out there who, who want to help people who went through a similar sort of uh, path or situation as them. Uh, and, and so that was the thing, like, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, it, it only takes one little piece of advice to completely change your view on, on something that, you know, you're working towards. Absolutely. I can imagine just having those both experiences were a huge learning process for you. Connor, I wanted to continue with you because I know during our prep, you, you said that, you know, in high school, when you were younger, you had mentors. And then obviously when you joined Fidelity, it was more like a formal mentorship. Uh, what advice can you give to students who are kind of unsure to how to how to get in touch with a mentor and find one? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, honestly, the the thing that I would that I would love to say about this this aspect is, you know, I find words like mentorship and networking. I think they're you know they're very intimidating, mm -hmm. uh, but in practice, they actually end up being a lot more uh, organic than you'd think. Um, really, I don't know. Like, I, I think. Other than the Fidelity Mentorship Program, I think people who have acted like mentors in my life, like it hasn't been communicated necessarily that that was our relationship, but it kind of just grows into something like that. Um, but but really, they start they start very organically. Uh, it, it could be like, you know, you and somebody else, you know, you're getting a, you're at the coffee machine at the same time. Right. And then. And then the next day you're at the coffee machine again together. And then all of a sudden it's a funny coincidence and you, you know, you share a couple of sentences and then, you know, maybe names and I don't know, maybe you bump into each other again a week later and, and then it kind of just grows from there. Um, I think, I think that's how a lot of, you know, meeting people, uh, I think that's how it starts. And, and, you know, like, like you were saying for me, 
somebody that I really looked up to and learned from, you know, when I was in university was a, was a professor of mine. And, and it started the exact same way, really. It was, you know, I, uh, he was, you know, he was a bit ill of health. So uh, one day, he, you know, he was going to the bus um, and, and he needed somebody to carry his bag. And I thought, you know, that's a, you know, it's a great opportunity to help him. Uh, a couple of conversations after a class, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're you're going to his office hours, and, and you know, and you're you're meeting with him, and he's giving you super helpful advice, um, you know, about things as from a professor's standpoint, you're not thinking of when you're a student. Uh, and and the, but again, it, it just started small. It was just uh, you know, just met with them one day after class, and it really just went from there. So so I, I wouldn't be intimidated about what you know, kind of the end result is. It's really just kind of be the person that somebody wants to help. And, and it really just goes from there. I love that. Absolutely great insights. How do you go about, you know, um, forming that relationship, building it in, in a long-term sense? I think one of the first things that protégés need to think about is what's your goal? Like, what's the purpose yeah. of having this mentor? Um, a mentor is not necessarily a friend. A mentor is somebody who you go to for advice. And so know what it is that you want from that relationship and then be able to articulate it. That's really important because mentors cannot read your mind. And if you don't ask, then they will be able to answer. But when they do, then it's up to you to decide, does this actually work for me? Is this the best advice? So I think that the, the best mentors are the ones who you have a good communication style with. Mm. You are, it's easy, it's easy to talk to. There's chemistry. Um, you know, <laughs> most people would think that, you know, I have to get along with my mentor. Yeah, you do, because that helps to build the trust. If you don't have that relationship, that probably isn't the best mentor for you. And you should think about somebody else. But after the mentor is giving you advice and they're a good communicator, then from the protege's perspective, you know, be respectful of that person's time. And maybe maybe ask them up front, would you prefer that I call you? Do you want to book meetings? Should you do something? See what works best and then work within that paradigm. Connor, if I can go to you, what has been the best piece of advice your mentor gave you? Uh, I guess you maybe you can touch upon um, the both experiences you had. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think starting out kind of just in order, it's uh, the the one student who, uh, or sorry, when it when it was my first student mentor, and it was the, it was the young person, the one who mm -hmm. was only a couple of years older uh, than I was. Uh, he really helped me tackle that that challenge that a lot of you know college and university and high school students have of, you know, when you're transitioning and when you're done your study, okay, how do I get my first job, right? So there was a lot of helpful, you know, right. tips that he gave uh, that helped me kind of navigate that when I was all done my schooling and all done my work terms. And, and that really came down to keeping in touch with the people you work with. Um, and also kind of to piggyback a bit off what Najma was saying was, to really communicate what your intentions are, um, you know, don't leave it up to people to kind of guess what you're hoping to do in the future. Um, you know, be very straightforward with people who are, you know, willing to listen and people who can maybe help you put that into reality. Um, that was, you know, that was one of the big things that helped me in the short term. Um, in the long term, really, a, a lot of that is is kind of about. Uh, and what the the senior manager helped me do was was more about you know structuring my day. 
Um, you know, and as a person who had people working under him, uh, it, it was really about, you know, how to communicate with people. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's really everything when you get out. Uh, I mean, it's everything when you're a student too, but, uh, you know, being able to formulate thoughts and, and how to communicate with people and, and, and being somebody that, you know, people enjoy working with, uh, that was one of his really big keys for, you know, how to have a successful and long career. And just to follow up, uh, Connor, I'll stick with you. How, how do you make it a collaborative relationship with a mentor, with the give and take? How did you handle that? Uh, well, really, um, I think the nice part about it is uh, at the end of the day, it, it's really just a relationship. Um, and, and it's and it's really your own relationship to nurture. I think mm. I think when you get two people, you know, in a room who, who both want to be there, you know, one person wants to be the student or the protege and one person wants to be the mentor. Um, there's a lot of willingness for give and take on both sides. So, you know, I think both people will probably figure out what works best for the pairing. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the really great parts about the Fidelity Mentorship Program is uh, you actually, as the student, when you're applying, you actually have the opportunity to dictate, you know, whether you would like to organize the meetings or whether you'd like the mentor to take the lead, things like that. So I think, um, you know, specifically from the standpoint of the mentorship program at Fidelity, uh, they kind of help bridge that gap a lot for you and, and kind of, you know, help you determine you know, how this is going to flow. And, and, it, and that's really helpful. How do you think working from home will impact mentorship and sponsorship relationship? And um, I'll pose it to both of you, but Connor, I'll, I'll start with you because you're actually an institutional analyst with us right now for the past 10 months, obviously, when this whole pandemic hit. How, how was that whole transition for you working from home virtually? Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the transition, I, it, it's definitely way different. Um, being in the office, it, it's, you know, I, I won't beat around the bush there. Being in the office makes it a lot easier to meet new people. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, with that example of, of the coffee machine or things like that, I think, you know, working from home, a lot of those sort of situations are, are stripped away. Uh, but uh, really, I, I think, I think it comes down to, nurturing the relationships or the you know relationships with people that you're seeing constantly every day in the work from home environment i think it helps when those can then turn into what we were talking about with sponsors i think a lot of the you know meeting new people working from home i think it comes a lot from you know what the people you're already working with are saying about you um, and that's something that we've been trying to do with the students on our team you know maybe maybe they're not running into people every day but you know we're, we're hoping to recognize that and to try and put them in front of the right people we think might be good for them to meet to kind of supplement the fact that they're not getting to see them you know at the moment so it has its challenges but and it is imperfect but uh it definitely networking and mentorship can can absolutely still be done and Nashma, if i could uh, pose the same question to you if this working from home continues this year and next year and for students who want to be part of the mentorship program how is that going to be different from them, you know, virtually? And what tips can you give them in terms of keeping a strong relationship, even though we can't physically see each other? 
Well, not to sound too corny, but the reality is we're all in it together. So that's helpful. Um, it does take a more intentional approach than, as Cotter mentioned, if you were in the office. So you can still, but you can still do virtual coffees. You can still have a virtual lunch with someone. It just means now it's, you know, can we arrange a time? Can we plan it? Um, and how long are you available? How long can we meet? So it's less casual, but I think if the intention is still there, both parties are communicating and both parties want to be a protege and mentor, it should still be fine. Just a little bit more elbow grease just to keep the relationship, you know, active. Absolutely. And what, what, you know, adaptive times we are in right now, and it, we just know it's going to keep on changing. So just be flexible, try to go with the flow. Absolutely. Connor, if I can take it back to you, we still have a few minutes left in the show, and I, I wanted you to share some practical tips to students who are in a mentorship program and how to just, um, you know, just keep it up and get the most out of it. I mean, you mentioned um, with the younger mentor, he, he gave you a lot of great advice in terms of getting that first job, uh, and then the, the older mentor, um, giving you a lot of advice on how to communicate with people and, and, and structure and I guess time management skills. So what practical tips can you give students in terms of continuing to get the most out of the experience? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think from the, the standpoint of being in the formal mentorship program, you definitely have the benefit of having a safety blanket, knowing that there is a runway to this relationship. Um, so, you know, I think one of the challenges that, you know, a student might face going in uh, is, you know, maybe they, they think because it's a formal program and because they were matched specifically with one person based on, you know, their strengths and, and what they're hoping to learn. Uh, I think maybe they feel like there's a bit of a time squeeze, like I have to ask all of the right questions and, you know, I need to say all of the right things. and. Uh, it, it's it's really just not the case. Um, you know, I think you can take some sort of relief in the fact that, you know, you're going to be meeting with them at least a handful of times. And and really the amount of times that you meet with them is is going to be completely determined by your specific partnering. I mean, it could be every other week. It could be once a month. It could be whatever works for the two of you and whatever you're comfortable with. But um yeah, it's 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 whatever you make of it. Um, and, and really, you don't have to say all the right things. All, all you really have to do is you have to, you know, listen and, you know, come a little bit prepared. But um, again, just kind of, you know, you know, kind of be the be the person that, you know, they might want to help and and just hear what they have to say. And, and that really don't try to put any more pressure on it than that. Excellent. And Najma, if I could turn it to you and, and continue on that best practices for both the protege and the mentor and the mentor side and keeping that relationship up. For both sides, I would say active listening is important. It's important for both to really understand what the other is saying and then follow up with questions. Um, for mentors, I would say you know, be patient. Just because you're giving somebody advice doesn't mean that they're going to take it and implement it the very next day. 
there are stages to how people receive information and then how they implement change. So it may take time. Um, try not to allow yourself to be self-indulgent. So it's so nice to have somebody saying, well, what should I do? What do you think? What is best? It can be a little self-indulgent. So be careful that you're not giving too many personal stories about your own experience. You're there for the protege as opposed to being for yourself. And for the protege, I would say, you know, the mentor cannot read your mind. So make sure that you're articulating what you need. And the mentor is not always right. You have to apply it to your life and what's best for you. So be sure to really think through the advice you're given. And lastly, for both groups, I would say, pay it forward. If someone you know, is a mentor for you, at some point, be a mentor for somebody else. If someone's a sponsor for you, at some point, be a sponsor for somebody else. This is so important, and this is how people's careers move forward at any stage in their careers. And Nashville, I know we talked a, we've been talking a lot about uh, mentors in the, in the mentorship program. I'm just curious with sponsors, is that sort of the next level after you know you've completed a mentorship? Would you say then, have young people or students try to find a sponsor afterwards? I'm just trying to make, you know, um, make sure, you know, understand the differences between the two. And I guess, like you said, a sponsor is more, it's, it's not assigned to you. You have to, you know, find, find that sponsor. Is that correct? Yeah, but you don't have to wait. There's there's no rule that says you have to have a mentor before you can have a sponsor. Sometimes okay. in school, a professor could be a sponsor for us in helping us to find a summer program. So there's really there's really no rule as to which comes first, but I would say you want to have both. You want to have mentors and sponsors as you go through your career. I mean, it sounds well-rounded and well-balanced that way if you do have both. Connor, if I can turn back to you, um, you know, what key lessons have you learned from this experience? And as your career continues to grow, do you think you'll continue to seek out mentors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I think really just to summarize uh, the importance of of learning from people at all different ages. I, I, I really can't stress that enough. Um, and honestly, I, the reason I'm stressing it is because I think it's just a little bit from personal experience that, you know, this sort of mentorship role, it, it never occurred to me that somebody so close, so close to your own age could, could be so helpful. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I think really, and the other part about that too is, you know, at, at some point, if it's, you know, in, if, it, if we're talking about a career in 10 to 15 years, you know, they might be somewhere completely different and, and you might be somewhere new at that point. And, and you know, now you've, you've been close since the beginning of your career and it maybe it's something that you can call upon one day. You really never know. But um, so I would say, you know, the importance of learning from people at all different ages, uh, the importance of, you know, just seeking help from people who you know might be smarter than you if, if you know uh if if you're looking to get good at anything um you really don't know what you don't know um until you really start something and you ask questions and, and you really listen um so it, it's you know keeping a variety of people close to you and uh being open to their advice um what i keep mentors going forward for the rest of my career 100 percent um it, it's again it really goes back to you know do we consider them a, is it a mentor protege relationship specifically i don't know 
Um, you know, there's I've talked to people all the time. I don't know if, you know, we put it in paper about whether that's what it is specifically, but you know, do do I continue to try and learn from from people who have already maybe experienced things that I'm going through or uh, I feel like can maybe give me a completely different perspective on things? Absolutely. I think that is incredibly, you know, vital. Honor, such a wonderful story and wonderful insights. I want to thank both you and Nashma for being on the show. It's a topic that's not covered a lot, and I'm sure the students appreciated your time today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice. 